Now, KMOX at your service. Welcome to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Now, here's your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, yes, indeed, and we have a live and lively hour. One more hour going up to the Cards and the Orioles playing this afternoon. Uh, Alex Ferrario is here. He's heating up the microphone, getting everything ready for you. So we've got lots of things here on University of KMOX. Bosco cranking it out, and I have a couple of really patient uh, callers here I'm going to get to very quickly. Um, And just uh, we've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900-800-925. 1120, 800-925-1120. We're going on till 2 o'clock, so stay tuned. Another third hour of the Helitech Home Improvement Show. Also, I gave out a little bit, I uh, want to correct some information. Uh, Saturday, July 22nd, the exterior design seminar uh, from uh, Mosby, uh, we'll be presenting that, is at DePere Lodge. August 26th has a kitchen seminar that's out at Whitmore Country Club. So July 22, uh, exterior design, August 26th, kitchen. You can check that out at callmosby.com. Also on callmosby.com, any of these questions that you hear, uh, we keep, you know, I guess I've built up uh, well over 300 question and answers um, that go along with things that are often asked uh, that uh, you can refer to because I know off hours matter. So uh, you'll find uh, many questions there, uh, the answers that I've been building up for the 20 years here on X. Right now, though, I think it's time to get on with uh, Mike and see what's cooking. Mike's a very patient caller. Hour three. Mr. Mike, how can I help you here on X? Hello, Mike. Yeah. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Right on. Thanks for your patience, sir. Yeah. About 20 years ago when I built my home, uh, my driveway is 40 by 40 uh-huh. uh, pad, and we put cedar uh, dividers between 10 by 10 uh, uh, pads, Yep. and they've deteriorated. Yep. And I want to know your recommendation on what the best method for replacing those, uh, whether it would be putting cedar back in the uh, lock sand or the uh, foam uh, uh, coils with the uh, epoxy? Uh, Well, definitely not the lock sand. Uh, And uh, so no on any sand or no on lock sand. Uh, Yes on the backer rod and the caulking, not on the epoxy because these these plates really move. They get bigger. Uh, From here till August, those concrete plates are going to grow about one, one and a half percent, which can be as much as, you know, a sixteenth or an eighth of an inch. That will pulverize. The the concrete will destroy itself without these expansion joints in between. Um, and yes, you can put the cedar back in. It's pricey. They last about four years. They'll rot out again. Uh, and, you know, they, they did their job to keep the concrete plates apart. Um, they are very attractive, but they don't last very long. My first choice, what we typically put in at Mosby, is we will pull out the cedar, we'll power wash and clean out that groove, put in a backer rod about a half or five-eighths of an inch down. Then we put in a very high-quality uh, one-part urethane caulk, kind of the stuff you see at swimming pool, pool decks, 
you know, it's some of it's semi self-leveling, self-leveling takes a lot of experience to handle that stuff. And then depending upon the color of the concrete, we'll either put in, we'll put in a corresponding sand that matches the color of the driveway. So if you have white concrete, we put in river sand, which is kind of a right white tan. If you have exposed aggregate, we'll put in a Merrimack sand, which has that orange color about it, um, or, you know, so, or whatever other aggregate. So it looks like it's, uh, um, not just glaring rubber caulk. There's some colorant and surface to it that doesn't look quite so foreign and, and strange as the, you know, just a caulk bead. How's that? Hey, my old, yeah, my only question would be, how soon after applying the caulk do you put the sand down? Uh, immediately. 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 Yeah, and it has to be very dry sand, it, and I mean dry, uh, because it, it, it gets embedded in that wet material. And the only thing that really takes it well is the self-leveling, which runs like water. The vis viscosity is very low, so it flows like water. You have to plug up the two ends of those of those plates, so otherwise that stuff will just flow out into your yard. Uh, so the self-leveling and semi-self-leveling. Semi-self-leveling is kind of like a caro syrup. It'll pour in like a syrup, but it'll flow, and it'll find its own um, elevation. And then right after that, have the sand ready to go, and you just sprinkle it on there and pat it down slightly. It embeds into that caulk, um, and then and don't sweep it off. Just leave it alone. Make sure you have good cover of sand, and then maybe an hour or two, you can go back and either and preferably blow it off with a blower not necessarily a broom because if it's still wet you can smear caulk all over your driveway too so that's why you wait all right fine thank you very much okay mike take care it looks really good Here's i think you'll be pleased with it too thank you all right bye now bye now uh, all right next up uh we're going to talk to jim here in a little bit uh but hang on i've got to get a little business in here um we've got bosco here we've got another hour stay tuned cardinals coming up at two o'clock alex ferrario with the cards right here next up we're going to talk to jim right after the break and now back to the helitech waterproofing home improvement show once again your host scott mosby on kmox all right, yes, we are back together, 50,000 watts. Bosco's hard at it. Many things happening right here on University of KMOX. And we have uh, also the blog this week on scottmosby.com is the seven top remodeling trends so far for 2017. Top seven remodeling trends you can check on to uh, callmosby.com or scottmosby.com. I think they both take you right there. Uh, anyway, some good things and uh, simple selections and simple things that are happening. Uh, number one is upgrade the garage door. Second is uh, how popular green is. Embrace green, but not the color of green that you might think. Uh, uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, brighten the bathroom, you know, pop the exterior. Just some things that you'll recognize as kind of classic truths. But see what's hot in 2017 at uh, com. Let's see what's cooking here with Mr. Jim. Hey, Jim, Scott Mosby, Camwex. How may I help you this third hour of help right here? Scott, thank you uh, for taking my call. Yeah. I'm about beside myself here, Scott. I'm not a plumber, and uh, but however, I did buy a Flushmaster Universal kit, and I have a American Standard uh, toilet. Mm -hmm. I uh, replaced the uh, flush valve, and uh, everything is fine except there's always an except, isn't there? Uh, when I flush the toilet bowl doesn't want to fill up properly. Uh, it's not putting enough water 
into the toilet bowl. And I don't know, I thought I'd have a leak or something, but it's not the leak problem or anything like that. It's the doggone refill problem. What would that be? Uh, I, on, is this a fluid master with the tube that comes up, and is there a little piece of flexible tube that goes down that three-quarter inch standpipe inside your um, um, yes. tank? Yes, sir. Or do you have that little tube clipped to the top so that that water is spraying down inside that stand tube? Uh, I don't know. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Uh, that that's where the water comes to fill your toilet bowl. So if you think about it, the that silcock the or ballcock uh, fills your tank up, but the tank with the flapper down doesn't connect to the bowl at all. So the only way water gets into the toilet bowl itself is there's a little bitty flexible tube. Oh. Um, about an eighth of an inch in diameter, and it'll have a clip on it that has to go inside that three-quarter inch standpipe coming up vertically. Um, that's one of the styles of Fluid Master. Uh, but that's where the water comes from. Um, and, and frankly, uh, I, I've kind of graduated to going back to Kohler Guts, you know, and, and the problem is you have to go to a wholesale supply house to get the Kohler Guts because these Kohler toilets have turned into rocket science. They have so many different flushing mechanisms that the, um, you know, the guts, the inside for that toilet tank, are they're not all the same and they're getting higher and higher technology uh, designs, engineering into it. Um, so... This is an American standard. Oh, I'm uh, sorry, American. Well, American standard. It, it all. Do you, can you check that little tube because that's where I think your your error is. Is and believe me, I put in a hundred of these things, and I bet I've forgotten this six or seven times. So it's it's just because you know it doesn't mean you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I was amazed to uh, see that uh, American standard actually makes their own flush valve. And uh, I, uh, I had trouble with the gasket that fits between the tank and the toilet, and I had to go to a plumbing supply yeah. to buy that. And it's, yeah, it says universal on the package, but it is not. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, well, I will go home and I will check that because I'm just about to pull what little hair I have out. Yeah, it's, uh, well, if you think about it, um, the only thing that dumps the water out of the toilet tank is the flapper on the bottom. But as soon as you're finished flushing, that flapper drops down, seals the two independently off. So the toilet tank will fully fill unless something goes down that center standpipe in that little uh, tube. Uh, and you just won't, they're just, you know, the, the two don't talk to each other until that flapper lifts up. So that's that little um, tubing hose. It looks like a tiny little hose, flexible. And there's a clip that has to go on there that keeps it there for years because, you know, the, if you're doing American Standard Guts, those are going to last a long time too. Well, thank you, Scott. I, I do have that applied and a, a clip and all of that. I, huh. I've uh, gone by there 
scrupulously trying to figure out what in the world is going on here. So anyway, par for the course, I will go home and uh, I'll check that Flexpo too. Uh, uh, and Jim, you. don't put it past a flawed material as well. Somebody gets those bum parts and they, you know, uh, humans are in error and, and so is manufacturing. So a ha- one half of 1% flaw means somebody gets that bum part. So uh, you have to look, you know, you have to look for the water coming out of that tube. Make sure you're getting enough of it. <laughs> well, that might be the problem, too. Anyway, if there's a problem, I'll discover it. Anyway, I do appreciate your show and uh, your advice. Thank you. Thanks for your patience, Jim. Bye now. Bye. And let's see what's cooking here. Let's uh, cruise on to Liz, see what's happening. Liz, Scott, and Bosco here. How can we help you here from CamelX? <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. I love your show. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> okay, I have an older home in St. Louis City, and it's a frame. And the problem is... I have an, a basement exit, and the the water did, you know, I sink, and then the pole comes down in the basement from the sink drain, and then it goes underground and goes out, and I guess it meets my sewer at the exit and then goes out to the alley. So the problem I have is right now my basement toilet uh, won't flush. And I do have a problem. Every couple of years, I have to get it cleaned from the front uh, because I have a silver maple, and it gets into the line and stuff. Okay, that's what they told me. But I'm gonna—I got somebody coming to take care of that. But my biggest question, if you can help me with that, my biggest question is: I had a, a, a problem in the basement where I had some water, and I got that fixed, but all the water that I couldn't get out, drained to the lowest part, which is where that stack comes down from the kitchen sink and goes underground. Well, it's not supposed to drain there, I don't think, but it drained. It went into somewhere, in there must be a, a crack or something. And I guess my concern is, now, when I exit my basement, the side of my concrete on the one side is cracked and it's getting worse. And I'm thinking, could I have the line that goes under the concrete out to the sore? Could that be damaged? Could that have cracked? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, do you think that might be why that water drained in that spot? Yeah, you're, I mean, you're right. You're thinking about all this the correct way, Liz, that, you know, a leaking basement shouldn't drain with a, um, a sewer pipe. The only way it should work correctly would be with a floor drain uh, for that water to exhaust itself. I, I'll tell you what, um, there's a, a really cool thing that I learned here on this show myself, oh man, probably 16 years ago. Um, the, plumbers have smoke tests to see if pipes leak and all sorts of other things. Uh, and I had a plumber call up here and I would tell him smoke test and I, you know, all these nasty things. And he said, you know what? He said, go to the grocery store, get some peppermint extract, you know, the dollar store, whatever. You don't have to get the good stuff. You just want something really pungent and unique smelling to find out. And you can dump that stuff down your kitchen sink or flush from the toilet upstairs as long as it ties into that same stack. And then, you know, just flush it, dump it down and flush it. You can actually put it down the sink, although a P-trap takes, it's a little effort. It's better to do it with a toilet. And go downstairs in the basement and, or, and outside where, you know, that pipe comes out. If you smell peppermint, you have a broken pipe. 
because the oh. sewer system is supposed to be a completely sealed system. The only flaws that I find in those are cracked pipes or you may not have a, enough water in your P-trap of a floor drain to where the water, you know, may not be sealing off those fumes and it comes back up. And, and keep in mind, decomposing organic matter makes methane. Methane and, and flames don't do good. And, and you and I probably have flames in our basement for our water heaters. So this is a big deal and why we have licensed plumbers, you know, because you can blow up a house with plumbing pipes, believe it or not. So Yeah, I, huh? yeah. anything's possible. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so if, if that's broken, somebody told me that they have a little uh, camera they can feed down into that pipe to see if it's actually broken. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, fiber optics, I mean, they do it inside your arteries and veins and mine. They, you can surely do it in a sewer. So the same guys that clean the sewers, for example, the guys that clean your maple, your silver maple roots out, they will have a service that also has a camera, and you get the sewer cleaned out for two, three hundred dollars, maybe four, depending on how many places they clean it. It can be more than that. But they also offer generally, and you have to ask for it because it may not be the same truck that comes out for your silver maple route. Um, and the the camera comes back up, and they just run, they just hook a camera up, and you can actually take a videotape of the thing and or a digital recording of it, and and they can take a pictures. For example, when any of our clients buy a new house, we recommend that they get the camera shot because it's such a big deal to make sure, you know, if you think it works, you know, just spend some money and make sure it does. So and you, could that be causing my, that concrete work to be, you know, just moving? Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, is, I mean, I guarantee your pipes one day will break. How old is your house, Liz? Oh my God! I guess it was born. Uh, born Jesus. Same thing. I guess, it, <laughs> I guess in the 1940s, probably. Yeah. Okay. So 40s plus 17 years, 60 plus 17 years, 70s. You're right at prime time cast iron end of life. You're 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 going to have stack replacements upstairs in the house, and you're also running the risk of underground cast iron as well, and that'll be inside your basement. Once that pipe leaves your house it becomes a vitreous china. Remember that old, that orange clay type pipe? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what goes outside your house. So um, both of those can crack. Um, they don't both will. You know, it just, we were negotiating how old old is. That's all. So you betcha. Right. I'd try that peppermint because it's really easy to do a, you know, a simple test without calling out any pros. You smell any peppermint down in the basement or outside and around those drains or concrete places, you know, and I'd sniff at that, ki that kitchen stack. Uh, because that water should not be disappearing. It, it can to where there's a little shrinkage around the outside of that pipe. The water can go down, and it may not necessarily be a broken sewer pipe, but, you know, it's not supposed to drain like that. Okay, and then one more question. I'm sorry I'm taking so much time. The, uh, um, is there, I've been kind of looking into this. I've heard something about if that is broken, they can now just insert a new pipe into that existing one instead of tearing, you know, the concrete up and everything. Is that something that is really possible? Uh, yes, it is. There are very few people around here that know how to really do that. You're going from plumbing to rocket scientist. 
Um, so you have to have the equipment, the experience, and there's a lot more art than science to that. Um, so if you have a finished basement and there's a lot of money on top of that to where tearing it up would cost a lot of money, that's where the risk and the extra cost of that type of thing is. But if you have an unfinished basement, you're better off financially to break the floor and change the okay. pipes. So the All advantage right. of that liner system is, you know, when you've got, when you're going to tear up 30 or 50 thousand dollars worth of something to get to the pipe and then you have to spend it all to put it back together again right yeah i i just don't understand because the the toilet upstairs i guess runs through the same stack as the basement toilet uh probably should uh you know i mean all of that sewer is connected so i just go ahead and stick your peppermint down there liz and see how it goes you'd be you might be surprised and if you don't smell peppermint you're going to need the camera guys and the sewer wizards okay so but but uh, because the basement toilet won't flush, uh, but the upstairs one does. Um, it, it, that's it, that's not just going out somewhere else. Is no, it? no, it'll all tie through one exit of the house, and sometimes it's as simple as if your laundry stack is down there, all the lint that goes down from your clothes washer can can plug up, and somehow the uh, one the one that doesn't get flushed so often, you'll get a, a kind of a, a cotton bump. Um, resistance at that toilet. So uh, tell, okay. tell the sewer it, it, guy out. Yeah, they, he may have to pull that toilet. But once you get them out there, get them out. And the other thing is, is there's a pressure washer. Uh, you'll need a cutting tool for the maple out front, but you may also just need to scour out the insides of your pipes. Uh, literally, it's like the dollar car wash, only you uh, do it on the inside of your pipes. So you get rid of the sludge and the and gook. that's something I do or the Nope, that's just the plumbing guys do. So okay. pressure washer, cutter, as well as camera. You're going to spend a thousand bucks on this guy. Okay. Well, I mean, I got to do something though. Yeah. Well, um, but that may be the only thousand you spend instead of the two for breaking the floor. So that's where it's good money. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. All right, Liz. Thanks for your patience. Uh huh. Bye bye. I know. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, I'm trying to help you the best I can, and this is where experience matters. Believe it or not, you wonder what I do from Monday to Friday. I run around our job sites. I run around our office and our design team, our production team, and, you know, I'm just the library guy. You know, and they ask me questions. They tell me their new stuff. And, you know, it's a, I mean, I do the same thing during the week that I do here, only without a microphone. Yeah, it's kind of a good gig if you can get it. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby on KMOX. All right, the next exterior design seminar, as I mentioned, July 22nd, Saturday, July 22nd, 1030 at the De Pere Lodge. Call mosby.com for information. Let's get to Mike and see what's cooking. Hey, Mike, Scott here. How can I help, friend? Hi, Scott. How you doing? Fantastic. How about you? Well, I got a puzzling problem. Uh, <laughs> or you wouldn't be calling me. <laughs> yeah. I had a new hot water tank installed, and it was installed by a reputable uh, c- company here in St. Louis. All right. And uh, they're working with me on it, but it's just driving, so far driving us nuts. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when uh, my house was built uh, probably in the 50s, and I had my old tank probably for 20-something years until it started leaking. And uh, the new tank was installed, and according to code and new warranties, you have to have your water pressure reduced to about 60 PSI. Uh Well, I had 100 PSI. I know the answer to this question right now. 
well, I never had a problem with any noise in my house. And uh, so the they installed a PRV valve mm-hmm. to reduce the pressure. They put in an expansion tank. And what happened shortly thereafter was I was getting a groaning in my pipes. And then now it's progressed to a thud, sometimes a violent thud and other times a mild one. And it's it's intermittent. It's There's nothing consistent to it. It can happen. Normally, though, it happens when you turn on something that, you know, releases a large amount of volume, like no sinks or anything like that causes it, but a flushing of a toilet either upstairs or downstairs, turning on the tub, something in that nature, you know, is when it, the thud occurs. Mm-hmm. I've checked all my shutoff valves, which I kind of did some research. It says if they're not all the way open, that could cause an issue. And the toilet fill valves, since they were under 100 PSI, could be weak now. Right. And now you got 60, so I replaced those. And uh, nothing is solving this. Now, two things, other things I researched was in the instructions for installing these things, it says that the expansion tank connection should be a minimum of 18 inches from the cold water inlet to the hot water heater. Yeah, yeah, which means it gets mounted pretty high up in above the tank. Right. Well, mine's only at 13. Okay. And it's because of, I think, some space issues. And then that pipe comes out like on a 8-inch um, horizontal, and then it goes up 8 inches vertical, and then it goes over 12 inches. Yeah, that's how they got the 18 inches. Oh, so it doesn't matter where the pipe hooks into the cold water line. It matters how far the tank is from yeah, the... Yeah, kind of head pressure, yes. Oh, okay, because I was, I was curious if that could have anything to do with it, you know? Yeah, kind of, but it doesn't matter whether it's a vertical tank coming straight out or, or pipe coming out of the tank or a, a header coming off at 13 rising up to that head. So I think yeah. they're acceptable on that. Now, now here's the next thing, um, and you kind of got into it with your toilet filler. Uh, you also have two other valves in the house that 100 PSI will just tear up fast. One is your dishwasher solenoid um, water filler valve, and the other is your clothes washer solenoid water filler valve. With 100 PSI, um, those two electromagnetic shutoff valves um, are worn out. And when you bring them down to 60, um, you may need to replace the solenoid valves on your dishwasher and your clothes washer. 100 PSI wreaks havoc on that, and what happens is the valve isn't fully shut, and when you drop it down to 60, it does. So when you drop, if they're soft, they aren't quite, if the springs aren't really strong, at 100 PSI, they just kind of don't close. But when you turn on a faucet with high flow, whatever it is, like to- flushing a toilet, mm-hmm. the, the clunk and chunk might be coming from one of those solenoids on your dishwasher or your clothes washer. Oh, even though they're not being used, they're, what right. does that build up, hyd- hydrostatic pressure or something in the lines? Not or? really. It's just a magnet that just can't close it because it's, it's, um, it's just not making the full close. Uh, there's a spring that keeps it um, in one position, and when you change pressure, uh, I, I would just um, disconnect your washing machine and frankly, shut off the water supply to your dishwasher if you can. 
Oh, okay. And then, you know, and also, uh, uh, you know, flush and drain. Make sure you don't have any water pockets in that pipe. Uh, the other thing is, is might you might try draining down the entire water supply piping system um, because uh, at the age of your house, you would have... Uh, uh, pressure arresters, which are vertical pipes like air, like air com, uh, cushioners built into the plumbing system. That's the same as that big tank now by your hot water uh, heater. You follow, and and to uh, get air re-injected in those pipes, you've got to drain all the water all the way out of your supply. So shut the water off to the house. Open everything in the house. Drain it down into the basement, into the sink or whatever. Disconnect your washer dryer. Get the hot and the cold out of that. You have to turn off your hot water heaters. But what you're doing is you're trying to fill those water supply pipes with air. And then when you put the water back in, you'll have to run all those faucets again and burp the water out. But you will trap the water in those vertical standing little, uh, we call them hammerheads crudely, but they're just little vertical pipes that have a cushion of air in it. Uh, and all they are little bitty air shock absorbers like that big tank is down by your hot water heater. Okay. And to do that, would um, when you drain the water down, um, when you go to turn it back on, do you leave all those valves open? Yeah, I burp them one at a time. When I turn it back on, oh. I get everything off because sometimes you can get water flying out of the, the, the bowls, too, for the sink bowls. Oh, so turn those off and then yeah. go around and open each one up. and. Yeah, one at a time I go around and I flush yeah. all the toilets and I burp this hot water and I burp this cold water. And I make sure my water tank, water heater has a full charge by making sure, you know, I'll lift up the pressure uh, relief valve and make sure that, uh, over, that uh, pipe... Uh, has water coming out of it instead of air. Um, now, can I just shut off the uh, ball vet, ball cock to the cold water line to the hot water tank, or do I need to drain that whole tank? No, you don't need to drain the tank. You just shut off the, the heat. Make sure, you know, you're injecting air in there, so you need to shut off the tank. If it's electric, just hit the breaker. Um, if it's... Um, uh, uh, if it's a it, gas yeah, fire, yeah. you just generally, uh, you know, snuff Turn out the pilot or something. Yeah, the pilot yeah. light's fine if it runs. It just doesn't make sure it doesn't fire. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's a couple more things to check. So, yeah, thank you very much. You're going to be a licensed plumber before this is all over, Mike. Uh, you know, some homeowners draw this card, and you know, when they when it rains, it pours. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thank you. All Take right. care. Take care, Mike. Bye. Bye. Home Improvement, Scott Mosby, CamWex, giving you the best I've got. Sometimes it's just the process of elimination. And now, back to the Helitech Waterproofing Home Improvement Show. Once again, your host, Scott Mosby, on KMOX. All right, folks, I've got uh, four calls here. I'm only going to get to one. Hold the line. Uh, Jim, Jim, and Tom, I'll get you off the air. Thank you for calling and your patience. I promise I'll get to you all. Uh, Janice, I'm, you've been waiting the longest, so I'm going to answer you right now. Hello there, Janice. How can I help? Hi, Scott. Um, we have about a 10-year-old house we recently moved into. It's a brick house, mm -hmm. and where the brick and the sidewalk entrance to the uh, main door, there is a separation. It's like the, ex uh, the expansion joints gone. Okay. It's a pretty, a pretty wide area, about an inch. And I haven't taken the ruler out to see how deep it is, but I checked with our local lumber yard, and they said that possibly I could fill it with some sand or put an expansion joint in there and then uh, seal it off with some 
concrete caulk. What's your thought? Uh, I like the caulk. Do not use sand uh, because that concrete gets longer when it's in the direct sunlight and very, very hot sun. That's why they're expansion joints because those big concrete slab plates literally get bigger in the hot summer sun. Uh, so they need room to move without pulverizing something in concrete form. So I would get a backer rod or even crumpled up newspaper, just something to hold this expensive caulk up to be only the top half inch. Uh, you need to bridge that, and it needs to be a compressible, which is why I like the rubber caulk. Uh, and then use a high-quality urethane caulk. Um, there is a Vulcan, V-U-L-K-E-M. Um, there are several brands that are going to be very expensive at the uh, home store or hardware store. Um, so uh, you need to get a backer rod, which is just a foam tube that would be about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half, something you can just stuff down there and it just holds the, the caulk up at the top. You don't need a four-inch thick caulking uh, amount. Otherwise, you'd be like getting a new mortgage to buy that much caulk. So your caulking goes in about a half of an inch thick, Janice, and then this is where that colored sand matters. If you have white concrete, uh, I would then get something called river sand, which is a tannish, lightish white color, kind of a light tan brown. Uh, and then dust that dry sand on top of that very fresh caulk so that the tops are, and then pat it down into the caulk, uh, and you'll have a sandy expansion joint that keeps the water out but lets the concrete move. That would be my first and second choice. Okay, so the backer rod... You stuff it down inside. What was the newspaper you were talking about? Well, if you can't get backer rod or something, if you you know if you can't get that big half inch and a half or something that that goes in there in a you know a professional forms, you know, poor man's way to do that is just get some newspaper, roll it up, and make your own backer rod that holds the caulking up, you know, a half inch thick. You follow what okay. I mean? Because so I, I put the backer rod in, and then I top it off with uh, to about a half an inch to the top of the. Um, yep, with caulk. Yep. And then put in the urethane caulk, you said? Yep, yep. Okay, and what brand did you say? You said something like Kim, K-E-M? Uh, V-U-L-K-E-M, Vulcum. And then oh. there's a uh, um, K-D, Naplenburg uh, uh, Duncan or something, K-D. Anyway, you'll, you'll spend $6 a tube. Do not use silicone. This is a urethane, and they'll help you at the hardware store. Anyway, okay, no. I ran out of time, Janice. I'll take a good one. See you next week, folks. Stay tuned for the cards.